When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and it is it's Friday. That is, you could, you, yeah, Friday audiences, you can hook jumper cables up to yeah. them. They got so much energy. And run this lighting grid right here. That's clean energy. That is clean so energy, energy right there. That is renewable. Of course, it's our, uh, it's our last show before Halloween, which is on Sunday. And this year, the scariest people coming to your doors are the ones who refuse to wear a mask. <laughs> um, I'm already in my costume. I'm already in my costume. I'm going either as a Brooks Brothers mannequin and open mic night, <laughs> or conservative pundit and host of the Colbert Report, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Not age well. <laughs> I hope everyone's weekend is getting off to a great start. I know Joe Biden's is because earlier today, our nation's second Catholic president met with Pope Francis in the Vatican. Joe even prepped to meet with the Holy Father. He learned how to say no malarkey in Latin. <laughs> Quid malarquis non est? <laughs> but it could get a little awkward since Biden's positions have also been at times, at odds with Catholic teaching, such as his early support for same-sex marriage. Now, I'm serious, folks. Of course. Look, I said, I told Barack. I told Barack, I said, of course I'm pro-same-sex marriage. Jack and Jill's the same as Jack and Jack or Jill and Jill. Whatever goes on up the hill is none of my business, for God's sake. Just don't... got it. You just got it. Just, just don't come tumbling down and break your crown. Good teeth cost a fortune, and I'm living proof. Now, it was actually me. Biden wasn't here. And if you can't get enough of the Pope, good news. Just like everything else these days, the Pope is coming to Netflix. Because we recently learned that Pope Francis, Martin Scorsese, and Jane Goodall spoke to young filmmakers about love for a documentary available on Netflix on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, Your Holiness. <laughs> kind of stealing your boss's thunder there, aren't you? <laughs> Everyone remember. Everyone remember. Jesus is the reason for the season, and he loves you all. Speaking of love, I'm featured in this new Netflix doc. <laughs> Check it out. Smash like and subscribe. <laughs> 
There's, that's my Argentinian Italian accent. Hey, there's big news out of the Northwest where police in Seattle went undercover to break open a Lego trafficking ring. And they had, they had to go undercover. Let me show you why. You can't just sneak up on the Lego guys, okay? You can't sneak up on them because their heads turn all the way around. And they can see you coming. And if they know you're following them, they'll just take off their hair. Add new hair. And then they'll just go, hey, wait, I'm not a criminal. I'm Gandalf. <laughs> what, what's, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, here's how it went down. The officers visited a store to offer stolen merchandise to the owner. Then they asked him, what else do you need? To which the owner allegedly replied, Lego sets, the big ones. <laughs> That's right, I need Lego sets, the big ones. I'm talking the Death Star, Hogwarts, the cafe from Friends. For some reason, that's a Lego set now. <laughs> I guess the demo's getting older and more sophisticated. They ended up busting the owner after selling him an illicit Baby Yoda Lego set. <laughs> which is why the police called the sting, and this is absolutely true, Operation Mandalorganized Retail Theft. <laughs> yes. Topical. Mandalorganized. And, and if the stolen Legos had crossed state lines, the thief may also have faced Boba Federal charges. <laughs> of course, as we get older, we stop playing with Lego spaceships. And if you're a billionaire, you start playing with real spaceships. <laughs> And I've got the latest about orbital real estate in tonight's edition of Space News! Space for Rent Edition! Uh, it turns out NASA is looking to replace the International Space Station because the 20-year-old lab is showing signs of its age. Yes, the shielding is wearing thin... Sometimes the thrusters misfire. <laughs> and they still got a six-CD changer. <laughs> NASA's been flooded with space station proposals. The latest comes from Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin, home of the famous penis rocket. <laughs> and I'm being told we have an artist rendition of the docking port on their new proposed space station. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's... That's... That's a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. That's a Georgia O'Keeffe. I don't know how that got up there. Here's the actual artist's rendering of what the inside will look like. Oh, that's nice. Bezos plans to give a vacation to the woman from the mud flap. <laughs> if you're looking to rent a ride on Elon Musk's rocket, I've got some good news, because SpaceX claims to have fixed its leaky toilet ahead of their upcoming launch. You see? Yes, it's worth celebrating. Evidently, on the last launch, a tube came unglued and spilled urine onto fans beneath the floor. The fans were blowing urine air everywhere. So if you ever want to feel like an astronaut, just walk over a New York City subway grate. <laughs> but just... Mm. Marilyn Monroe. Seven-year itch. Oh. But from here on out, the P won't hit the fan because they've come up with a permanent fix. SpaceX has welded on the urine-flushing tube, finally allowing astronauts once and for all to boldly go... In sports news... 
Took a second. <laughs> I like the space. Takes a second. Oh, that's a. In sporting news, back in July, the men's baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, announced they were changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians, a reference to the city's iconic landmark, the Guardians of Traffic. The Guardians of Traffic, of course, are named after every dad at a baseball game. Okay, seventh inning, bases loaded. Grab your stuff, kids. We're beating traffic. We'll catch the end of the game on the radio. Remember, dad's favorite sport. Dad's favorite sport is being at home lying on the couch. <laughs> the team switched to the Guardians after a lengthy search to replace their old racist name, but turns out they didn't search lengthily enough because now they're being sued by a roller derby team named the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> Do we really need to take this to court? I say settle it like true sportsmen. Guardians versus Guardians. <laughs> Baseball players get bats and steroids. Roller derby guys get roller skates and a lot of questions from their family. <laughs> now, really, that's a job. That's a job. Really, that's a job. You, you went to law school. Now I'm a sports fan. I know baseball is the one where you get an ice cream and a tiny helmet. <laughs> but these, these roly derbers have a strong argument because their team has called itself the Cleveland Guardians since 2013. So the former Cleveland Indians are just continuing their tradition of stealing a name from people who were here first. <laughs> now, they... Gotta, you gotta, you just gotta, gotta put it out there. Gotta put it out there. That's what I like to say. Baseball team's case is not looking good. According to the lawsuit, the baseball team knew that the roller derby team already had the name Cleveland Guardians. So to hide their plan, they allegedly made secret trademark filings on the small island of Mauritius. Reminds me of that famous scene from Field of Dreams. If you build it, make sure to secretly trademark it on the small island of Mauritius. Who knows what the judge will decide? <laughs> but I say there's room for compromise here. In exchange for the name, baseball has to give Roller Derby its most famous song. John? Take me out to the Derby. These influins are allowed. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Or whatever they sell there for snacks for its roll. Shove punch at the Derby. No skating backwards, I think. Because there's one, two, three bloody teeth on the old skate ring. Halloween is this weekend when all across the country folks will stuff themselves with butterfingers while pretending they haven't been doing that for the entire pandemic. <laughs> and some people love to give Halloween cards, but even the best Halloween cards don't nail it on the first try. So tonight we'll take a look at some of the early attempts in our segment. No, no, stupid! Uh -huh. As always, 
I need a little help. And as always, I have the best helper in the world. Please welcome my wife, Evie. Evie, come on out. Have a seat. Fabulous. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. You look Hello. fabulous. This top is very autumnal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, I got. I got. There you go. Great. Little candy. Thank you. Little little something there. We call this the <laughs> bucket. Anything. I'm sorry. She doesn't like. She doesn't like the bad language. She's much nicer than I am. Can I have this? <laughs> He's telling me my name's on the building. I can have whatever I want. Okay. So what we got here, darling? Are you familiar with how first drafts works? Thank yes. you for thank you for being here, by the way. My pleasure. Thank um, you so for what we me. what do we okay. got here for the people at home who don't know? What we have here is a series of cards. In this case, ha uh, Halloween cards. The top card will be the card that was actually sold, and then the second card will be the first draft of that card that was not good enough to be sold that they had to rewrite. Okay. okay. Have I explained the premise yeah, enough? But who sends Halloween cards? Okay. <laughs> if if you're if you're going to undermine. You know who sends Halloween cards? My sister Margot sends Halloween cards. Okay. Okay. She okay. Does. okay. You realize you're undermining the premise of this entire bit. But I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much. Okay. Can I have the first card? All right. So here's your basic vampire. It says, Happy Halloween. I want to suck your blood. Okay. A classic. Who wouldn't want to get that? Okay. But the first draft said, Happy Halloween. I wish I hadn't bitten that anti-vaxxer. <laughs> you see? It's topical. I said that one. Now, here's, here's the thing. Can I have the next card? Here's the thing. When you were growing up, did you have, like, a go-to costume? I was Peter Pan several years in a row. And my sister was Wendy. And were you jealous that she got to play Wendy? Yes, she got to wear the nightgown. <laughs> and I had the short hair and the, you know, like, mm -hmm. the boy outfit. I yep. didn't like it. <laughs> Thank you for asking. I was a vampire. I know that. But they don't know that. This is called banter. You think I haven't heard that? Haven't heard that Peter Pan story before? I have a I have a serious question for you. You have a serious question? Oh, good. It's a serious show. Are we going to decorate our house? We don't even have a pumpkin yet. I know. It's so sad. Because we're empty nesters no. this year. We'll go get a pumpkin and I'll carve it. I've decided I think empty nester is a mean term. Why? Well, it sounds like you're just like, I don't know. It sounds like your house is One foot in the void. grave. One foot in the grave yeah. is what it means. Yep. So let's come up with something else besides empty nester. Mm-hmm. Sexy and alone. <laughs> nope. That's more disturbing. Okay. They are... They're over there desperate for us to get to the second card. Okay. I've got it. I've already okay, got it right okay. here. You're doing your job. I'm the log jam. <laughs> this is a romantic one. It says, just wanted to tell my favorite ghost, you'll always be my boo. Cute. Very cute. That's very cute. sweet. Very cute. sweet. But the first draft said, just wanted to tell my favorite ghost, please stop haunting me. Richard is my husband now, and it's upsetting when you watch us have sex. <laughs> Do you enjoy Halloween parties? I do. You do? Yeah, well. We've never thrown one. But we don't have to throw a party to enjoy a party. We've never been invited to one. <laughs> I've never been to a Halloween party with you. Oh, with me, no. Oh. Who... 
who do you go to Halloween parties with? It's been 30 years, but I did go to parties before I met you. Better be 32 years. <laughs> Better not be 30 years. This one's fun. It says, this Halloween, eat, drink, and be scary. May I have the next one, you please? You may. Here Thank you, go. you very much. But the first draft said, this Halloween, go easy. After, like, two cocktails, you're a monster. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the leather skirt. Thank you. We rarely get Evie in leather. <laughs> That's very nice. Why the Why the special occasion? I dressed up for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you. And you. Thank you. You look lovely. Thank you. You look lovely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's one that says, "We met on a dark and stormy night," and inside it says, "And you've been giving me thrills ever since." Oh. Happy Halloween. Very nice. That is very sweet. Can I have the first draft? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but the first draft said, we met on a dark and stormy night, which is why I had trouble seeing or hearing anything. Now that it's day and the storm is gone, I can confirm I am not interested in dating you. <laughs> it's honest. It's honest. That's awful. We're not done. May I have the last card, please? You may. Here's one that has a bunch of candy corn on the front, and it says, Happy Halloween. You're just like candy corn, colorful and sweet. That's nice. But the first draft said, Happy Halloween. You're just like candy corn. You're kind of weird, and I'm not sure why you exist. Coming up, Trevor Noah. Pleasure to have you here. It has been it has been too long. We it have been spoken, a very long time. but not in front of a live audience no, in a long not. time. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. Now listen, uh, listen, friendo. Uh, for the people out there who don't know, in September, uh, the Daily Show sort of relaunched in a new studio yes. over in Times Square. Right. But here's the thing: I, when I heard where you were moving. I thought, but there's... Wait, I know that studio. There's no room for an audience there. Right. You have no audience. I have no audience. What is wrong with you? Okay. These, why okay. wouldn't you want to be with the beautiful okay. people? So... So... I'm worried about... I'm just worried about you. Well, let's start with this. First of all, you guys are here right now. <laughs> and yes. so you couldn't be there with me. So it's like two places at the same time. That's so true, first, that's true. You know what I mean? That's, that's the first true, thing. That's true. No, but it's, it's not about no audience or an audience. It's just like, I, I, in the pandemic, there were no people. And then I was just like, yeah, I'll do the show and there's no people. And then you get used to everything. So I'm used to an audience and then I'm used to no audience. You know what I mean? So now I'm used to like saying something I find funny and then nobody says something. In fact, I have to get used to people laughing again. Because then I would just say something and someone would be like, ha ha! And you're like, who is that? What are you doing? <laughs> But did you not imagine the laughter in your head? Didn't you have that sort of that occipital Rolodex of all the possible reactions to the jokes from the 20,000 hours you had no, done? I, and you no. had the rhythm in your head, and you went, oh, I think it would probably go like this. No, no, I started like that. And then as the pandemic went, I just started having a conversation with, like, one person with the camera. With which, the, is, which is lovely. Know? Yeah, it's just like, and, and, and now I'm trying new things. You know what it is? Here's the thing. We are going through the craziest period that humankind has ever experienced, in my opinion, right? And I'm not going to come out on the other side of that and just be like, yeah, life is normal. So I'm gonna try everything differently. I'm gonna break the show. I'm gonna remake the show. I'm gonna try things on the show. Everything will be wrong. Everything will be right. And then you're like, yeah, because I don't know if tomorrow will come. <laughs> 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 Nicely done. Nicely done. 
I found, and I'm wondering whether you had this experience, there were certain aspects of doing the show uh, with no audience in a little tiny room with just me and Chris and, and, and Mark and occasionally my wife, and that mm -hmm, was it, mm -hmm. in the room um, for 15 months. Um, <laughs> there were some aspects of that that were very positive that I, I wanted to be able to hold on to. One of them was being able to do the Zoom interviews yeah, and, and have yeah. no sense of changing what the conversation was based upon a performative aspect that had to be for a live audience. Right, right. That we had... We had um, I'm not going to say more honest, but more natural conversations. What, what was it? Was there anything you take from that period of time that you're trying to preserve now, other than the no audience, because that's sort of the absence of something? What, what did it give you? Well, I think every, everything in life is a gift and a curse, depending on how you look at it. So one of the great things about having an audience is you get to share this experience. You know, One of, one of my favorite things you ever said about making The Late Show was back in the day you said the, the, the greatest joy you get from making The Late Show is not... The, the performing of the show, but it's the creating of the show. And then what you share with the audience is the joy that you had creating this product, right? Mm, That's essentially, yes. and I love that. And so what I try and do is, is, is apply that same ethos to my work, is I go like, let's have fun doing it and let's create it. And it is wonderful to share it with all of you. It's, 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 mm. it's a beautiful experience. Um, but there are parts of, 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 of doing it with nobody there that I don't know. It, it has like a it has like a smallness to it. It has like a you know there's there's just something about it where it's just like ah oh, it's just we feel like like a like a like a band of just like robbers in the wild west. It's like it's just it's just ten of us and we're just like doing our thing, you know. And it's just like ah oh, what happened in the news? Pow pow! Let's see what we say about it. And the, you know. I will say this is that smaller. the last two years because like. it's almost two years at this point or two, um, twenty months have been so dark at times. The yes. national conversation, which is what these shows end up being about, which is the national conversation. Yeah. We don't set the agenda. We reflect what happened in your day, and we right. curate it back at you with our own emotions. At least that's how I think about it. Because it's been so dark, we were able to talk about things that I'm not sure I could have spoken to a live audience about without destroying their ability to laugh or to oh, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I definitely. didn't have to worry about the order in which I told the story of the day for uh -huh. fear that I had to worry about what the vibe of an audience is. Yes. Because while y'all don't know this, we order the way in which we tell you the stories in such a way to kind of, how can you feed someone what happened today? In what order can you do it well, and not step yes. on each subsequent story? But over all those dark months, didn't matter what order I did it. No, it, it doesn't matter because you're alone. I mean, it's natural. Think about it this way. If, if you have an audience, you, you have to think about the audience. So imagine if you have guests in your house. You will change how you do your day. So when I wake up, I wake up, I jump up, I go like, okay, do I need to go and do something somewhere in the house? Getting dressed is not a thing I think about. I just run around in the house, and then if I want to drink something, drink something, and then brush my teeth, and then come back and watch TV. Do I get dressed? Maybe, maybe not. These are things that I don't need to worry about because there is no audience. When I have guests over, I have to be like, ah, how would I like this day to go for them so that they have a positive experience about staying over at my sure. place? Probably first would be pants. You see, you see. And now pants are not bad. It just changes because you have an audience. We have to take a break, Trevor, but we'll be right back with more Trevor Noah. You took the summer off. Yes. I'm jealous. I admire your There's forethought. No, need to be jealous. You no there do is. It. No, I you can't. Be, what are you, no, how can no. you be jealous of me? You're I, Stephen Colbert. I understand that. I understand You're that. You're Stephen Colbert. How can you be jealous of me? How about this? Maybe not jealous. I, I admire the initiative you took 
to take the summer off. What did you do with that time? Because I lived, Stephen. I lived. Let me write that down. Oh, lived. man, I lived. Lived. You know, like, man, I know not everyone can afford it, and, you know, not everybody has the opportunity, but do you remember how precious a walk was when we weren't, like, just outside? Just that, like, that 20 minutes where you could go outside. It, it became special. All of a sudden, I saw parks in New York I never knew existed. I, I went to places and streets that I didn't know were here. I, I felt like I've been living in New York for six years, and I've never been in New York. And then in the pandemic, it was the first time I went, like, wow, this is, this is where I live. This is amazing. I saw the water for the first time. I, I feel like I've, the water's always been there, but I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Did you like it? Did you like the water? No, it's terrible. <laughs> um, well, it, it's just like a very strong smell, but I saw it. That's the point. The point is I saw it. You also, you also went to London, so you, you, you were in front of live audiences. No, but this was... No, no, no. This I did, fall. I did three months of just living. Going and seeing people, going to other countries, realizing that not all the news is Democrat or Republican. Mm -hmm. There are things that happen in the world that affect human beings regardless of blue or red. What? These are the things that I wanted to do in the world. What? Just what? live. This is this fall. You were at the O2 Arena? That is right. The in O2 London? Arena. Just to give you some idea of the kind of crowd this guy can draw, this is the other angle of that shot. That is a packed arena. When you finally did allow you, you did allow yourself a crowd like that, how did that feel? Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's something that I never, I've never taken for granted because every comedy ticket that you sell is a person choosing you as a person, you know? Nobody buys a comedy ticket to my show by mistake. They go, I'm coming to watch Trevor. No, because when you start comedy, a lot of the time what happens is you, you'll be at a show and they call them flyer shows. So they'll, the club will say, buy two drinks and come and watch comedy. So ostensibly, you're paying for the drinks, not the comedy. Right. So the people who come in there, they're just like, this drink is valuable. I don't know who you are. <laughs> and that's how we start as comedians, you know? That's, that's how we start our careers off. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so to have people now who say, no, I'm buying this ticket. I'm choosing to come and share a night with you. I never take that for granted. Never, ever, ever, ever take that for granted. And so, when you're doing a show like that in London, where it's like, what, 16, 18,000 people, mm -hmm. and it's just on the other side of a pandemic where people are vaccinated, and now they're coming out and having a good time with you, that was, I mean, that's just heaven in, in, all, in all ways, in all ways. While you were traveling, you brought out the big guns against our friends at United Airlines. Oh, I don't know if they were big guns. Well, I'm just going to say, you, uh, you tweeted this. Dear United, if your seats are broken on your planes, maybe send a message to the passengers before they get to the airport so they can choose a different airline. Your current tactic of surprising us with no seats when we get to the boarding gate is not great business. <laughs> now, so, are they a sponsor? Are they a sponsor? <laughs> we don't know if they're a sponsor. Now, before you answer, I want you to know that we have a pilot from Delta here tonight. <laughs> did, they, did they respond to you? Yes, but, but first of all, the yes. way you read that was very solemn. You were very like... When I was sitting there, I was like, Yo, United, come on, man. Let a guy know. Because here's the thing, here's the thing, right? But right. there's no tone Contrary, in typing. There's no tone yeah, there's in typing. No, there's no tone. I understand. But if there's a thread, and then I, I give a lot of tone and, and, and context, you know? Yes. And I wasn't angry. I was just disappointed. Because, because if I'm going to Like you're United's parents. No, you know... Here's the thing. Here's United, the thing. your mother and I... Here's the thing, Stephen. 
I have, I have signed a contract with the airline. I've bought a ticket. They yes. made me choose a seat. Had you not made me choose a seat, I would not be having an issue right now. But I had to choose one. I had to think, which one do I want to sit in? Do I want to sit in this one or this one? Right? Do I want to be at the window or do I want to be at the side? Do I want to be the person who chooses to go to the bathroom when I want or the person who disturbs the person who wants to go when I want to go to the bathroom? Sure, I have sure. to make these decisions, I Stephen. Yeah. I have a mindset that I'm in. Yes. When I leave the house, I go, ah, where I'm sitting. Okay, I'm sitting in this part. Which of one the do you plane. go for, by the way? Your window or do you go on? Always window. Always. Oh, really? So you yeah, don't yeah, mind yeah. disturbing the other yeah, person? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't disturb. I don't get up. Oh, you don't, you don't have to go to the bathroom? No, no, no. 16 hours, I will not get up. <laughs> From here to Joe Burr, yeah, no, no problem. I will not get up. Wow. I, I just like, no, I'm planning this and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, wow. that's how I fly. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but like, I just wanted to prepare, prepare myself. Because like, what happened was they were like, oh, they, they, they called me to the gate. So they were like, Mr. Noah, please come to the gate. Mr. Noah, please come to the gate. And that's mm. never a good thing. Yeah, sure. Like, no. they're never calling you to be like, you get to fly. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, two of the seats on the plane are broken, sir. And I was like, well, I only need one. And they said, uh, they said, yeah, well, I'm sorry, one of yours is broken, and so we, we, we've had to assign you another seat. So you're going to be on standby, and we'll figure out what we can do. I was like, okay, well, what, what is this? Will I fly? Because I was flying to a show in, in Colorado. I need to get on the plane, right? And so then they go, uh, we, we'll, we'll let you know, sir. And so everyone boards the plane, and they're like, okay, we got a seat for you. And it was a middle seat all the way in the back of the plane, right? Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. I am not, I'm not afraid of middle seats. I'm not afraid of flying coach. I've flown coach my whole life. This is not something that now will like, break me as a human being, okay? Yes. Yes. What I don't like is not being prepared for the middle seat, because the middle seat is all about mentality. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When I yeah. leave home, if I leave home mm -hmm. with like window mentality, I've got a certain swag to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> like when I'm in the Uber, I sit by the window and I'm like, yeah, this is how I do it. I look out the window because I'm going to be a window kind of guy. You sure, know what sure, I mean? Sure, 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 sure. But now I get that I'm not prepared. Like middle is a, is a mentality, Stephen. It's a war. You don't, you don't go to the middle seat with just like, ah, oh, laziness about, no, you can't be lackadaisical because it's a war. There's a person on this side, a person on that side, and you're fighting for the armrests. Right. And so you got to be prepared. Right. Right? So I know, I, like, I've planned this thing out. I know for a fact when I get there, it's all about paying attention. The person at the window, they always, miss, they always miss, miss make a mistake first. That's what they do. Because they always, like, look. They always try to do, like, the shade. And then as soon as they do that, ha, I'm in. I'm here. <laughs> you got one arm. You don't move that arm. Wow. You don't move that arm. Wow. And then the person on the aisle, they always get thrown off by the food cart. That's mm. what happens to them. They mm. get distracted, because they've got the armrest. They think they're focusing, but they're not focusing, because the food comes. They go, would you like any? And then they lean, and ha, I'm in here now. And then I don't move. Wow. And, then I don't, and then I just literally just sit there for the entire flight. Wow. And they can't tell me to give it back, because it's like basically up for grabs, and I just sit there. Because you're in the middle seat, and no one wants, no, that's inflicting too much yeah, pain but then on I'm, you. This is, this is just me now, but I need to prepare for this. I need to leave home knowing that this is what I'm gonna, this is my fight. You know what I mean? You could also, you could also approach it in sort of a non-violent resistance kind oh, it's of not, way. It's not, it's not violent. It's not violent. No, it's strategic. It's, it's forceful. No, it's like chess. It's like chess. You move your piece, I move my piece. It's not violent at all. It's just, it's just like a I game. see a sequel to The Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Trevor. The middle row. Lovely <laughs> to see you. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.